This is a test of the emergency podcast system. Repeat, this is a test of the emergency podcast system. Disaster Girls is an unironic excavation of disaster movies with profiles as high as the tallest volcano and as low as the Marianas Trench. In order to ensure your safety and enjoyment, please remain calm and keep your ears locked on your hosts, myself, Jordan Cruciola, and me, Amanda Smith. Hello out there, disaster divas. It is I, Jordan Cruciola, your Disaster Girls co-host. And it's me, Amanda Smith. And guess what? Miles on surface still sucks. Continues and now, to suck. he's an even bigger part of the show than he was before. Yeah, well, now he's king of the sea monsters. So he's king of the sea Miles. monsters. <sighs> I mean, look, the thing about Miles is that there is not a single moment of anything he does that is surprising, new, or interesting, and yet they keep trying to convince us that it is. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And it just like that it like. Because he's, like, bonded to... I mean, I'm glad this actor's getting more to do. Like, I'm glad this young yeah. actor, like, got more to do. I miss I miss Eddie Hassel. I, I miss I, the his fact friend. That completely removed... I mean, I get why... You know, it's hard to keep arguing for how he's hanging out with his best friend when the best friend accompanied him on, you know, Grand Theft Auto, but, like... Totally. I miss him. I miss Phil. <clears throat> I miss now, Phil. Caitlin, I, I think maybe one of the worst written female characters I've ever seen not not because she not she's not like to her core an offensive like stereotype or something there's just like the like weird pseudo manic pixie dream girl thing that she came out really hard out of the gate with was like what the fuck is this personality of yours and now she's like wise and has perspective and it's like we all just want to be special miles it's like where was the girl who was like trying to hoard up inexplicably with miles an episode of television ago i didn't like her but you don't make sense having her be the follow-up to her like what the what are we doing here just the most like this everything that caitlin is yeah should have just been savannah just write a more interesting brother sister relationship for miles and give us more savannah give us more lane meester like turk because she's kind of become like They've, they've like, found a way to each other. They found common ground, and she's standing up for him. She, like, yeah. ditched her shitty boyfriend to be like, that's my brother. He's not the butt of your fucking jokes. Love that. She's clearly, she's got an arc. Savannah's evolving. I think any way that Caitlyn, like, he, we did not need a goddamn love interest for Miles. Any way that Caitlyn could have stood in in these scenes for Miles could have been bonding scenes between Miles and Savannah. Absolutely. With a character we've already come to like and who is who is awesome. And yeah. we didn't have to just, like, throw in and, like, make him a legitimate boy by giving him a crush on a girl. And also, like, would make sense to be in these situations because Miles doesn't really drive. So, like, we could have Savannah driving him through these things. Like, it's not hard. Versus when Caitlin just will show up at the aquarium at all hours. And it's like, look, you don't like your dad and you don't like your job. So why are you always at the... Does Caitlin live in the aquarium? That's the only explanation. Is that, like, she hates her father because they live in the aquarium and her bedroom is a closet. It's like a janitor Maybe that's it. We've discovered... You've discovered the angst. Caitlin is so resentful that she has to live in the aquarium of the Carolinas. Yeah. I, like... Everything she just about, wants to be a normal she teen. She just wants to be a normal teen who doesn't have an otter as a roommate. And yet this is <laughs> yeah. what dad... And- People think it's going to be cute. But no. then they're a fucking mess. They're, like and all your clothes smell like fish all the time. It's just- <laughs> all of the time. Caitlin is like initially... it. They took like a Mary and like an MJ, a Mary Jane type. And then they were like, well, first we're going to turn the dial on horny way up. And then they were like, well, that's way no up. correction. And because like Mary Jane is like a little sexually forward which is why we like her like mj yeah. you have to be in order to have like peter parker you gotta have a woman who's like yeah tiger sure but, yeah totally that's sure that's cool great a girl with some agency who's yeah. who's down to fuck we, that's fine love it just not the full-on sexual harassment press that it we was saw sexual from, harassment yeah. it was sexual harassment and then she just like i love when she shows up at his school yeah. And he's like, what are you doing here? It's like in a in a 2023 show, I feel like that would have been a real look to camera. Like, what are you doing here? Like, because literally, what are you doing what, here? There's no How have you appeared on she... school grounds? What the fuck's going on? What are you doing here? You don't even go here. How old is she? She doesn't go there. She goes to a rival school. Like, she goes to a school across town. 
She doesn't wear is, a uniform. She doesn't go no, to a she uniform does, and school. Is it, are we sure she goes to a school or is she like fucking 19 years old? Well, again, yeah, no, she's 27. Like she doesn't yes, go to yes, school As you've anymore. established, she's a, a, tw- a 20-something woman. Yeah. like She's she a working to, adult. She does not go to school anymore. But when you, when you <laughs> live in the aquarium, you know, you just have to find a way to fill your day. And apparently She her, has her marine biology degree, for fuck's sake, from a university. Yeah, she's getting her doctorate. And, you know, she just... <laughs> decides to I like no there's no explanation and you can't just like yes we can hand wave it away in the sense of like well it's gonna be but like why why we didn't need her there and again to your point like if it were just savannah's story instead of adding in caitlin that whole scene would make just as much sense and would have just as much impact and on top of that would be even more substantial because she's watching miles brain fry her boyfriend or her former yes. boyfriend like it <clears throat> matters but no, Caitlyn. What a great Savannah, Savannah moment, by the way, when Greg, her now ex, makes fun of Miles. And she's like, hey, lay off. Carry my books. And he's just like, yeah. that is the fuck. That is Blair Waldorf. That is Blair Waldorf right there. <laughs> That's the, the beauty of Leighton Meester. Is that like yeah. Leighton Meester is one of, I, I, it's truly one of our great lady dirtbags of all time. But also has the ability to go full on terrifying, you know, Upper East Side Wasp at any moment there was a great line i'm gonna look it up while we're talking there was a great line uh in the like definitive profile of the show gossip girl where they're interviewing leighton meester like it's they have like there's those two journalists who were doing their recaps for the show at the time both wrote the profile together oh wow and there's a part where they're talking to leighton and they describe her like they're at a restaurant and they say like she takes a like she takes orders like a dad sized steak and there's a part where she like kind of drags them in the conversation while they're like while they're interviewing her and they're like we've never been more afraid we've never been more excited like they're remarking yeah. upon the fact that being insulted by Leighton Meester is truly the thrill you think oh, yeah. that it would be yeah no that i, I it, it it's being found it's being found in judgment of like the most terrifying girl at your high school, but without consequence. Yes, exactly. Ex- yeah. Without consequence, because the consequences can be quite shitty. Yeah, but if you're, if an, it's if you're just a high school for fun, student, yeah. But once, like, once you're an adult, and it's like this is fairly innocuous, and she's just tossing him off the way that like a horse shakes off a fly. Then yeah. yeah, great stuff. Amazing. It's- <laughs> Great stuff. I know. I Leighton Meester. I mean, when we talk about we talked about television frenemies and Catherine Heigl the other week, and like Leighton Meester is, I would say, reformed TV frenemy. Yeah, like she's, yeah. She's somebody who I don't think would be intentionally shitty to you, but it would every so often slip out, and she, we would both be like, we're not going to acknowledge how mean what you just said was. Yeah, yeah. And like in order to preserve the friendship, we're just both going to move past it. But like that was that was that little moment there. But then yes. like also she's. Yeah, like if she if I were a mom at her kid's school, I'd be terrified and in awe of her regardless of her gossip girl status just because like she's a dirtbag, but man, can she be mean? I just know it. Yeah, there's I I have since I've referenced it, I have to read yeah, this little yeah, small excerpt. It, it it's just it's the reference no, it's, to the it stake. it must be done. That um the writer, I will I will name the byline when I'm done reading this, so I'll go back to the top. It says, her friends say, this is Leighton, her friends say she talks like a sailor, which is evident on the Gossip Girl blooper reel. After finding out her character was not pregnant after a close call, she ad-libbed to her lover, if I were you, I would have rowed me a little harder. I quote from Leighton, I don't know what's wrong with me, she told us, hacking into a dad-sized veal chop at the Flatiron District restaurant Lunetta. I need, like, an edit. I can hear it. I can see it. I can feel it. It is what a perfect Amazing. slice of life. This this is Savannah. This is Blair. This is Layton. This is the power of this person and why we should have had more of her and we should have had, like, not to the fault of Caitlyn, but just we didn't need it. We didn't need it. And it's so, any mile scene is so much more tolerable with Savannah in it. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And then also it makes a lot of the Miles stuff make more sense. Like all of the times you're sitting there going, where is his family? Oh, my God. I had like it like at one point when Miles' mom is like on the phone being like, I keep thinking he's going to come into the hat because he's like fucking disappeared. He's gone on another one of his sojournos. Miles fully walks. Can we just like before we even get to his mom, can we just discuss 
the amazing aspect, like the boldness of ending a scene with Miles just stone-faced walking into the water. I thought that might be the last we ever saw of him. I was like, oh my God, is he giving himself over to the deep? Is he going to fully like spring gills and become one of the creatures? No, we can never be that lucky. He's yeah, just that like, would have been too cool. He's just king of the, but like, I just love that he just, they're just like, we're just going to send him. There's not, he's not going to, we're not going to give any, any hints about what's going to happen. He's just going, hey, Carter, can you just walk? Keep your hands at your side. Don't swing your arms. Just keep your hands. <laughs> don't, don't swing your arms. Just walk straight dead faced into the bay that's all we want from you in this scene and that's all yeah. that he, that's all that they asked of him and that's what <clears throat> he gave him and it's fucking bizarre it's uh, so bizarre and i love that caitlin's like later on she's like i saw you walk into the water with thousands of those things it's like it was a couple dozen caitlin yeah it was a couple thousands thousands let's fucking let's calm down let's calm down right now yeah it was not there was no world <coughs> in which it was thousands of those things and she's like and i drove around looking for you all night and it's like well Maybe your first mistake was that he walked into the water and you're taking roadways. Like, yeah, where did you where did you think that road was going to take you? The seafloor? <laughs> like <laughs> that feels like white wasted time. Yeah, Caitlin. I, I visited every cracker barrel looking for you. Like, well, okay, fine. That mm-hmm. makes no sense, Caitlin. Yeah, That's, that sounds like a total that sounds like a total waste of your resources. Yeah, but again, I don't know what to tell you. A thing that would make more sense to have had Savannah do. Of like, I couldn't go home without you. I couldn't go home to mom and dad without yeah. you. Yeah. I want a confrontation between Savannah and her parents where she's like, I couldn't find you for fucking days. Yeah. Miles died. Yeah. And you do not even care. Like, I like he's a total little troll and like we don't get along. But I'm starting to see why Miles might suck so much. Because our parents don't give a shit about him, man. Like, yeah. It's really become clarifying to me, mom and dad, how little you love my brother. Yeah, how just deeply inattentive you are to either of our needs, but particularly also Savannah's, because there's no world in which Savannah is getting the care and like no. parenting that she needs when she's got to be the one who babysits her brother while her parents go off the grid for five days to their weird swingers colony. Like That's the thing is, like, I get it. Like, cell phone ubiquity, not quite what it is today in 2007 hotels had have had phones since the dawn of phones and hotels yeah like, what the fuck are you talking about the last remaining landlines in the world are still in hotels our, our, our mutual friend sarah's three-year-old daughter was having a ball when they stayed in a hotel a few weeks ago because she was just playing with the landline and it was the most novel wonderful thing in the world for her was this, <laughs> this landline telephone she, she i was on a facetime with them and she's like can we call amanda and sarah was like well we're on the phone and she's like well can we call someone else and Sarah can said, we, can we call anyone else? And she's like, well, when we're off the phone with Amanda, we can call someone else on the landline. And then she was like, okay, bye, Amanda. <laughs> fully, fully hung Bye, up. Amanda. Yeah, bye. and then like yelled goodbye until Sarah hung up the phone with me because landlines exist. Yeah, now she. she wow. She, yeah, it was, it wasn't hurtful because I understood what was happening. No, but that's a also, perfect child like, moment. Damn, that's, children are cold. Um, But the point of that anecdote is that, yeah, there is. Like, my parents traveled. My parents went on vacations. My parents traveled. My parents left me with, like, a babysitter and stuff. There were definitely yeah, occasions of that. totally. They were never not in reach. Never. 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 They were also, like, checking in at least once a day. Hey, how's it going? Yeah. Yeah. I look after people's pets, and I get a text. How's it going? Yeah. And There's- you know what? A cat can take care of themselves better than Miles. Yeah. And and certainly Miles, and Miles at this point has a fucking record. I was gonna say like it can take care of themselves better than Miles, who three days prior had been arrested. So yep. like, yeah, no, it's it's not um, good parenting. And <laughs> uh, no, would I say wouldn't wouldn't say it's the best parenting skills. And one could say that explains a lot about Miles, but Miles sucks so much. That I don't think we can just blame it on the parents. Some of this has to be, like, nature. Yeah. I mean, it is. When she was sitting there crying on the phone about, like, I haven't seen Miles. It's like, what do you bet she just, every once in a while, she'll sit and, like, have have a little cry about it. And then in between those cries, she's not even thinking about him. Going, yeah. She's just wearing her suits. She's just wearing her work suits. Doing her job. And then every once in a while, it's like, oh, gosh, Miles, I miss him. And then forgets all the fuck about him. Oh, Absolutely. 
No, she's she. This is these are definitely gonna be parents who, in like twenty years, are interviewed by the news after he kills someone. They're like, we just had no idea. <laughs> we had no idea. Who could have known? Who could have suspected? Yeah. Well, we haven't talked to him in about five years, but like, <laughs> we just thought that was normal. Oh my yeah. god. Yeah. Yeah. No. I, when they <laughs> we, we're estranged, but we love him. Yeah. When they when when we see the mom crying on the couch, and I was like, this is the first time. And it really, it took her son fully walking into the ocean for her to feel any level of distress. I bet she didn't even know he did that. That's probably true. I bet she didn't even know he did that. She like, she thinks he's still, she thinks he's still on some other quest. She's five plots ago. That's true. Yeah. She has, there's no world in which she's caught up with that. I'm trying to remember if she, she, did he zap the guy? Mm. Oh no. He was king of the nims in the second episode. (laughs) King of the Nims. That's right. He's king, king of the, the Nims. King the of the more, Nims. The more miles we get, the more I'm just like, oh, Nim, kill him. Like, please, yeah. like, do this for us. Do this for you. You have hitched your wagon to the worst character in the show. Nim, he's such a dud. Like, after he after he got you with the, the tracking beam beacon, like, how many times, Nim, can he can he pull these stunts on you? He's led you yeah. into harm too many he times. He lit a bunch of your eggs on fire, man. Yeah. Like, which was a deranged behavior. Deranged. That was, I, the, some of the derangement in these two episodes is so fucking outstanding. Yeah. The, the let's lure a couple dozen baby creatures to shore so every man in this town can shoot at them. Yeah. With guns. Yeah. It is the fucking purge like it is every aggrieved man in this small town that needs to feel like he can gain some control of this situation that is totally out of their control because people are dying people like like kids are dying body parts are washing up on shore like this situation is escalating people are scared and so the the answer as deemed by like the town police is we're gonna lure a bunch of these to shore but not nearly as many as exist in the entire world's oceans we're going to lure a negligible number of them to shore. And we're not going to, like, try and capture them in a net and no. eliminate them in a more efficient and effective way. We're just going to have everybody line up on the shore and shoot guns into the water where sea creatures could swim away. Yeah. For some reason, the sea creatures keep keep marching keep marching on. They keep, I don't know, maybe they're all just heading to Miles, King of the Nims. Yeah. But like, it, it was, they it was also like, like little... no, nobody's like, hey guys, these things come back to life. That was my thing as I'm like, we all, we've just seen that bullets don't work on Nims. So no. why are we, oh, we're doing it anyway. Yeah. Um, they yeah. don't, they don't, like, they, like Nim fully died. Yeah. Nim was dead. Yeah. And he did, regenerated. We had, we had full episodes about this, about Nim yeah. dying and how it couldn't possibly be. And then he came back to life and then they wanted to It's not just that they're hardy and he took a shot and kept going. He died. Yeah. And then he came back to life. So you and all of your guns. I when they start I wished they had killed every man on that little beach. I oh, was yeah. like, you know what, this this show, I wish it had committed to just a slaughter. Of all, to like, you know what? Go, f- just make a full fucking enemy. Well, no, full that's fucking enemy at this point. I realize I had it backwards. They do. Miles zaps the boyfriend and gets like dragged from his home in the second episode. Yes, because that's like how end this, of that is the end yeah, of our the second end of the episode. episode. So they 14. couldn't kill all of the men in town purely because they needed to have enough right. men in town to drag Miles out of his house. That was again total fucking insanity. In these two episodes, like Greg Savannah's now ex fights miles and it's like fucking he's like choking him out like yeah. it's entirely possible he could have manslaughtered miles like he could have accidentally killed miles choking people is fucking for real and so he's choking him out miles summons nim strength and then summons nim electrical powers and like does like a head zap on him and like it kind of seems like in the way that if lightning struck you and you got burns on your body yeah. it's like he like he doesn't like set him on fire but he gets like electrical burns all over this kid greg the bully and so then, like, cops show up, and they're like, hey, we're really, you know, we got to talk to Miles. Like, this kid's seriously hurt in the hospital. He's covered in third-degree burns. And then the fucking Frankenstein mob basically shows up, like, pitchforks and torches. Yeah. They're like, we want Miles! And it's like, and then they, like, they, you think they're, like, kind of, they're at bay outside the home. And at a certain point, they just burst through the fucking French doors. And they're snatching this teenage boy from inside of his house. Yeah, it's it really speaks to just how ineffective their police force is. That like, oh my God. There's like one cop and then there's 
40 angry white guys, um, which like white North Which Carolinas, is the equivalent of 30 which, to 50 feral hogs for sure. Absolutely. Like the, the herd of Nims coming on shore at like Nim D-Day was way yeah. more terrifying to <laughs> Nim me. D-Day. It really was. And everything about I was like, wow, this is just like the, this is like a little. They are. They're storming the shores, D-Day. man. They, mm-hmm. were, they were just, they were going. There was an onslaught. They, and they, they made it. They made it through until King of the Nims walked back into the ocean with them which and king of the nymphs this like i it was such a and just like a tiny stupid bit of writing that i just hated when like he's having his moment with caitlin and he's looking at her with like the backlighting and he's like you look so beautiful right now it's like right now (laughs) really what is she a four the rest of the time like what is this you're so beautiful right now are you fucking kidding me miles it was it was it was such a weird little like that, for, never a thing that any fourteen to sixteen year old would say. Let alone that one, not that one not especially. That one. Come on, but also like wh- no, there was nothing about that moment that made her particular. She's looking at you in terror while you are lit by the truck lights. Yeah, from the mob. From the mob who've been trying to kill all the Nims, and you are surrounded by Nims, and she is terrified for her life because the Nims are going to kill you. Yeah. And that's that's it? Okay. Yeah. Oh, okay. Okay. Yeah, I inexplicable. Deeply inexplicable. But like, sure, let's pretend that suddenly Miles has moves or has any sexual desire whatsoever to kiss her. Yeah, I I'm sorry, Miles is at best asexual. Well, I mean, he's like there's everything again everything about this character up until this point has been written like a nine to eleven year old and so yeah I just it really can't... I was thinking that when he kissed her I was like Miles feels so 12 years old everything about him feels so young <clears throat> every choice he's made feels yeah. young every decision is like poorly considered and without the basic like I'm not saying I made good choices at 16 but I certainly wouldn't have poured gasoline all over eggs that were two feet from my boat and then lit them on fire because I would have the common sense to know this isn't going to end well for anybody. (laughs) Whereas a nine to 11 year old boy might not have that common sense yet. Yeah. Yeah. And so that's really like, there's nothing about him that feels like a 16 year old boy who would ever have a sexual urge, let alone a sexual urge that overrides like, Anything else where he would have a hero moment to kiss the girl? No. No. Nothing about him. Nothing about him feels like that. And it's like... Phil, maybe. But not Miles. Yeah. And Phil, like, not even... Phil, and Phil wouldn't pull out, you look so beautiful right now. He'd probably honk a boob. Like, Yeah. Oh, God, yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. He would just be drooling. And that would make sense. Yeah. Because that's what we've been given about Phil. And, like, I mean, I guess early on in, like, the first couple episodes, Miles was trying to impress savannah's bikinied friend oh right yeah but again that all still felt like a young boy trying to impress older girls not like oh i'm a potential sexual partner of this person which is like how that dynamic shifts when you get into your teens is like i'm not trying to impress you anymore you now i'm trying or like i'm I'm considering you a sexual partner yeah it's just a different dynamic and like nothing about anything miles has done feels that way and again, it's not as if like Carter Jenkins isn't cute and like couldn't have been that. It's just that he's not yeah. written that way. So the pivot when he's about to go walk into the ocean is very sudden. I'm so glad for this show's like inability to create that kind of tension because it is hilarious to watch. Yeah. And and is so and so thankfully means that we never with you know, our country bumpkin and Dr. Lake Bell. Love it. We never have to worry about Rich and Laura. Uh, anything happening because that too is just an asexual vibe I when so rich delusional ass rich yeah somehow thinks that he can return home just like just, just walk show back up. in the door how the hell long has he even been gone at this point okay even bare minimum let's just say and it's not because we're not moving at the speed of La Brea with this show yeah yeah let's say it's been a week and a half, two weeks. Right, right. If a husband and father disappeared after psychotic episodes. Yeah. That were like, the he well, you tried to leave and he was like, you're going to have to run me over. If he then returned to the home after two weeks, 
what makes you think she's letting you back? Like the fact that the lock still worked. Yeah, that's a good point. Oh, did it? I'm not even sure if the key were like I know that she was at the door. I just don't remember. He just kind of like yeah, like he he gets right in. He gets in and she opens yeah, the door. Yeah, he like yeah. I don't remember if he no- maybe he does knock out of courtesy, but like but like he doesn't have an issue getting in. He definitely he j- does not think that there's going to be anything standing in the way of him just re-entering his life. Yeah, very much so, which feels like a total dude thing. Yeah, and it feels, I mean, it's definitely in keeping with Rich in terms of everything Rich has done up to this point. Like, we've very totally. clearly seen Rich does not understand the consequences of his actions in relation to the, to the marriage. And not granted, at all. in fairness, his wife is also operating in an entirely different show. So, like, Completely. I get it. I get it because Rich has the stakes of, like, oh, she's going to see the sea monsters and understand it's all real. And meanwhile, his wife is like, I have nothing to do with sea monsters. I just saw that you were in... In, in a, submarine a submarine with a woman. With Lake, in fairness, with Lake Bell. Like, with Lake Bell. It doesn't matter how apocalyptic the scenario is. If my husband <clears> is with <throat> Lake Bell, yeah. I am going to assume I've lost my husband. Yeah, I because like, my husband would have lost me. Because, like, even if Lake Bell has zero interest in him, yeah, the rest of his life, you're going to be in, like, mm-hmm. a, what was it, John Safran? Which was the one that, like, Nat- Jonathan Safran. Yeah. Wait, Jonathan Safran Foer? The one who was in, obsessed with Natalie Portman. And it ruined his oh! marriage because he thinks... That's not Moby? Yeah, the other one who... Yeah, but he... <laughs> but, like, I assume that's I think a, you're right. I think it's Jonathan Safran Bowen. I think so. I just... I, the like, one who wrote Eating Animals. I don't remember. Like, it's... The, the literary guys from the 20th, the late 20th, early 21st century don't really just filter in in my brain Oh, whatever way. I have as any kind of reference, it's having having lived with Marin, friend of the show. Yeah, yeah. Or a number... That's... I just... Uh, whatever she said and I absorbed, that's all I know about those men. Correct. Yeah, and, and the only thing I know about them is whether or not they're obsessed with Natalie Portman but like right yeah he fully Good ruined his marriage over Natalie Portman who had zero romantic interest in him <laughs> and I feel like and uh, our friend Marin is one of those women who like I can see men ruining their marriages while she's like I, I never even considered you and they're like yeah I, I, was I honestly to, I don't know your last name yeah and they're like I left my wife let's go and she's like I don't I, I've we've spoken twice. Who are you? Yeah, she's like you. You were you were at a a colleague meeting yeah. one time, and that's I'm but like Lake Bell, absolutely. There men yeah. would yeah. I I fully believe that because like on top of everything else, she's gorgeous and she's a cool hang. Like yeah, she seems, yeah, and she's a cool hang. Yeah, and that comes across as you're watching yeah. her talk. Like, <laughs> I would watch the Operman segment and be like, my husband's been spending time with her. Oh, yeah. Well, this yeah. is over. Like, even if Well, it's- I'm going to contact that. I, I, I was on the fence, but I, now I'm definitely contacting that divorce yeah, lawyer. Not even because I'd be like, wow, uh, you know, he's been cheating on me. But I'd just be like, you know what? You can't, I can't. I, I'm going to spend the rest of my life thinking about yeah, this. I, like, I can't live I in a can't, world where I that woman is in. I can't be your consolation prize because you didn't get to be with Dr. Lake Bell. It's not even that. It's also there's like the degree to which you're like, man, just now that she exists in our ecosystem, I can't live in that ecosystem anymore because yeah. I can't put myself in a place where she exists in my world because that means that <laughs> she's a person who can be real and I can't. Yeah. Like, I, you surround yourself with people who are shockingly attractive, Jordan. And yes. I... My friends are all very good looking. Mm-hmm. I could not surround myself with like Taylor Swift's model squad because yeah. I have to live in a world in right. which those people aren't farting. Like I have to live in yeah. a world where those people aren't real people, tangible people that I can put my hands yeah. on because then that means that that's technically achievable. And I just right. not. Okay. That's, and that's the difference. Like when, when I would, yeah. when I, when the Victoria's Secret fashion show used to exist, every year I would host the Carnitas and Models watch party. Yeah. See. Where I would make a bunch of Mexican food and everybody else would come over and have Mexican food and I would watch the fashion show. And so it was a way for me to lure people around me because like I look at that and I'm just like, aren't we so lucky? Aren't we so lucky that we get this? We get this wonderful parade every year of these beautiful individuals. Whereas for most people, it's a deleterious effect. Yeah. Most women I know, it's a sort of deleterious effect watching this and being like, I can't be, I can't attain that. So watching this is a form of self-harm for me. Yeah. And I don't know if that's like, I think that's probably strictly because I'm like stuck in the heterosexual like patriarchy. I, I that's gotta be I, and I, like I fully recognize no like and I, like I fully recognize that that's like yeah definitely and I'm what not I'm is. not in the economy yeah. the sexual marketplace yeah and so this is yeah this is very much like 
if I were just like, well, I guess I'll go hang out with my billionaire friends and watch them <laughs> do cool billionaire things while yeah. I eat Del Taco. Like that's the that that is the economical equivalent of like being best like having your husband hang out with Lake Bell even platonically is just like there are so many reasons why we know there's like you know no ethical billionaires but not like one reason among them is every billionaire every friend of a billionaire should be a millionaire because if you're a billionaire and your friends aren't millionaires you should change that yeah well like yeah and like not by just cutting them out but by being like hey here's two hundred thousand dollars just to buy a nice thing go for it here's a billion go for it insane um Yeah, I mean, like, now that we're on to the billionaires of it all. Yes. Yeah. Ah, yes, the billionaires I of gotta it all. say, like... Ah, not enough Martha Plimpton! Not enough Martha Plimpton, for sure. Also, Martha Plimpton... So we get the most fantastic flash... Full-on flashback. Like, we're not even gonna get yeah. a part retelling. We're getting a flashback, and they're taking us through and leaving no stone unturned of how did Marsha Plimpton... Or Martha Plimpton end up... Um, being able to call people through the internet yeah yeah and and send them satellite photos of themselves yeah through home skylights in an instant and the answer is a shadowy organization and shadowy organization i did love like so you know obviously i love i love a a a trope like I, i love the whole sequence of it because it's such a good disaster trope and like such a good scientist who is you know not greedy but cowed by kind of the the awesomeness of what they're being offered and all of that. Love it all. Yeah. Um, yeah. Love that she, I, I, when they gave the, when she gave the quote, because they're like, say how much you want. Like, give us your salary and we'll pay it. And she yeah. only put down $500,000. And I, I, and granted, it's 2006, but like, even 2006, if they're saying name your quote, don't under, guys, don't. Put the Florida million. Undervalue yourself. Don't and undervalue yes. your labor know your worth is really the the most important thing that I think we can take away from surface is know your price know your worth At, and like I you know it don't worry about overcharging yeah the shadowy organization like don't don't balk it in, in that moment at <clears throat> at being a bit more audacious fucking steal their money take yeah. their money be like I could never possibly be worth x amount because nobody ever could say that number anyway because this money is dark money yeah you must know that and you're already agreeing that you're gonna take the money by presenting a figure so fucking go big go big also take the money because listen the world is gonna like if somebody's offering you however much you want to do whatever you want to do assume that they're trying that the world is gonna end and assume you've got five years because assume fair fair point no good is coming from you have unlimited resources and can do whatever science you want with no strings the only exception is that we have your life like at that point you have to assume something is so bad that you're it's gonna be worth it for you to have 200 million dollars from a salary to just spend on whatever stupid shit you want because the world is gonna end yeah and you're gonna be a part of ending it yeah so you know you have to, if you're going to go full black hat, get your bank. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like that, that's a situation where like, you don't, you're not allowed to meet your coworkers at the shadowy organization. Socializing is strictly forbidden, but like there would be so many male coworkers making 50 times more than their female counterparts, but simply because the women just didn't ask for more. Exactly. Yes. This is a movie. This is, this show the, might the be gender about. The gap in compensation would be just because women have been socialized to not demand their worth. Exactly. Uh, it, 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 it's 100%. As I was watching, like, this is about women, the pay gap. This is 100% about the pay gap. That Mar- yeah. Martha Plimpton is, like, only half a million dollars. That that to her is big. Like, no. Go bigger. I also love that flashback Martha Plimpton looks the dead exact same as current Martha Plimpton. Yeah. In, in the show. Like, they were just like, eh, fuck it. We'll just put a different lens on this. Like, we'll just change the color in post. Yeah. They changed, they, they threw, like, a blue tone on it to make it seem old, you know, in the past. Yeah. And it was fine. Didn't need, I didn't need. <laughs> to make it seem in the past. I didn't need her to have, like, a bad wig. You know, I was fine with her having yeah. her like. <laughs> yeah, Martha Plimpton with like hair down to her, her her back. Yeah, like I didn't need to see her before she gets her eccentric scientist hair. Like, yeah, Martha Plimpton, like I, that character 
has looked the same. Like, the, like yearbook photos of Rachel Maddow from like high school. Oh my God. Yeah. No, we Where don't she's need. she's just a blonde California girl. With pearls. Yeah. Yeah. D- truly. Yeah. No, that. The number of people I have delightedly introduced that photo to that have been like, you're lying. <laughs> What's crazy is that if you look at her and then you look at the photo of Ron DeSantis from his high school photo. (laughs) Oh, I got to find that. Oh, my God. It's upsetting because he's like looks kind of just like a moderately attractive dude from the late 90s. Like he's got the like he looks like my brother's best friend. Shockingly like my brother's best friend. The point where like (laughs) I sent him the photo and he was like, yeah, that's that's Kyle. And um, that's so funny. It's really bizarre. But the. Rachel and, and Ron do look like they could have been a match set, which is just... Yeah. Did you pull up the photo of Ron? I am looking at Ron. Yeah. I am looking at Ron DeSantis. And with that wow, hair? yeah. 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 He could... I, like, absolutely, they could be class presidents together. Oh, you definitely. In yeah, a, he a, looks like he looks like, like a homecoming king kind of guy. Yeah, he's got, like, the, the butt hair that was so popular in the late 90s. Like, he's got so that popular. skater hair. And he and he and Rachel absolutely would be like class presidents together, co-presidents. Yeah. And yeah. it's it's really bizarre. I I'm always fascinated by people who don't look exactly like they did in high school because I do. I like my aesthetic has not changed at all. So it's very yeah. strange. It's I really- can just buy better jeans and t-shirts now. That's the only difference. Yeah. The, the jean the fact that they are jeans and t-shirts remains deeply the same. Yeah. Yeah. Like I my glasses have changed and I've done like change my hair will be at different lengths, but otherwise everything's the same yeah like I just don't wear American Eagle anymore because <laughs> like I don't wear American Eagle graphic tees anymore because they don't make them but like I'd probably right, still yeah wear, like I would probably still wear American Eagle polos with jeans fairly regularly upsettingly so and you know what judging by what TikTok seems to say these days uh you might be right on fashion yeah although the difference is Currently. that now I won't think that that's like business casual right yeah Which, oh totally when I was like in high school and college if I need to like go to dinner with my parents jeans and a polo shirt were appropriate for that <laughs> <laughs> yeah that was like that was how we dressed at the time it's like oh well I'll put I, on and, my and, ni- and we're my, watching my nice jeans and my polo shirt we're watching that era in surface and I love every time oh, yeah we like Caitlyn is so dressed so of the Veronica Mars era. Leighton Meester is dressed so of the era. The yeah. layers, the boot cuts. It's so it's such a little treat. It's to so see great. It when we time. saw when so Rich and Laura are running are like exploring in a band. They go on like they're exploring different pharmaceutical companies to figure out who is behind all. They've realized that like this is a biotech thing. And that's genetically modified. So they're trying to figure out which is the evil organization that like modify these creatures yeah and so they end up in an abandoned facility and when we get the full body shot of lake bell like walking through cubicles and she's wearing the boot cuts and she's yep. got like her heeled boot on and I'm just like, yeah Man, what yeah. a what a time what a silhouette <laughs> i love like and that what is the worst company name i've ever seen oh all of those well, i don't it's like i i did x yeah I, I didn't what even, the hell is that? They 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 just pulled syllables out and smashed them all together. Which is it how is it like works. it's it's like who who says whatever combination of letters though that those sounds like those sounds make like what it is the I looked I was like there's I must be seeing this wrong like I must be having a comprehension issue because no one would think of calling something like I I did X. I really enjoyed As a fake fucking company name. I, well, I imagine it's because they had to have a bunch of fake company names because the whole thing is like there's a big company that's oh that bought up all the little pharmaceuticals and we know it's yeah. a big company, but we're trying to trace back to which individual pharmaceutical pioneered this that they can then and they so they have to have a bunch of pharmaceutical names and it's got to be tough to get yeah. make that many fake pharmaceutical names that pass clearance. It's a lot. You're right. It's a lot. Yeah, I assume after a certain point they're like, "Fuck, that didn't pass clearance either." Okay, let's just someone make a sound and someone cough, and we're gonna go with whatever noise that makes. <laughs> because it is truly, yeah, it it makes the names are the names are terrible. The names feel as fake as like when they make a fake search engine and they don't just yeah. make it rhyme. They're not just like, "Oh, we'll use Moogle." They're like, "No, we're gonna use web search." And it's like, well, that's not a, that's not real. We'll use Moogle. Yeah. 
I like when they use the rhyming. Uh, what was, it? was it? Riverdale does that a lot. Where they're like, they just rhyme. Instead of naming the thing, they just make a rhyme out of it. And yeah, so it's like, great. Instead of Tiffany, they're like, oh, he went to Spiffany. <laughs> and it's like, that's, that's literally all that they do is they just make these. Wow. Like, yeah. They make like off-brand and it's really every time they come up with a with a brand name, it's it's something that just is ridiculous because I they don't bother I with clearance. The, they just rhyme it. The ballsiness of a show that just has no restraint whatsoever. Ah, you mean the other two? Mm, mm, mm. The other two has been killing it this season with just not bothering with clearances. Watch. Oh, it's good. They, I, I'm like my wow. my suspicion is that basically they were like, well, no one is paying attention to us right now during this merger. So let's not even bother sending this up to clearances. They have an episode where they're making fun of Disney. They wow. Fully with like the Disney logo and stuff. Oh my God. They have an that's entire, like illegal. They have an entire subplot that's just set in an, an Applebee's that they've re- like a set that has been recreated as an Applebee's <laughs> that Simu, Simu Liu has created for Molly Shannon's character to give her a normal Applebee's experience. He like recreates an Applebee's set. <laughs> And and everyone is just like <clears throat> making jokes about how terrible Applebee's is, and she's like, at like, I mean, I'm gonna spoil the reveal on this, but it's such a good joke. She's eating the steak at the Applebee's, and she's like, "This is the best steak I have ever had." And then she turns and she goes, "She's like, where the fuck have you taken me? This isn't an Applebee's." <laughs> <laughs> it's so good. Yeah, this whole season, I'm like, I have to, I have to get back. You got yeah, anyway. you gotta rewatch, you gotta watch it because it's the season is is. Maybe the most aimless, but also possibly the best blueprint of how this could have gone if this was a show that like aired on FX to give it just infinite number of seasons. Right. Like, okay. This season, this season is is the least plot driven and the most like kind just of just let it be always sunny, man. That's the thing. Like if they didn't always, this show could be it's always sunny, but set in Hollywood, and I would be a hundred percent fucking on board with watching fifteen seasons of it because there's just the the specificity of that show is so great. Um, I won't I won't dwell on it, but like just shouts out to the Always Sunny gang for living the fucking dream. Yeah. That show is on. That show is still on. Yeah. And then like they're also doing other stuff. Yeah. Like they, they get to do other things. Rob McElhenney is like doing Mythic Quest with Megan Gans over he at Apple TV. Owns and, and also owns a soccer team. Like becoming yeah, becoming the part owner of the fucking Wrexham soccer team yeah. in the UK with Ryan Reynolds and also Megan Gans's husband Humphrey Kerr okay um who's in American Auto like they're just and and just hey own us f guys we're, well, let's do that podcast looking back at the great times we've had making always sunny and let's also just keep making always sunny sound good everybody no they've got a good they've got a good setup they they definitely amazing do. and i am thrilled for let's give that to the other two i uh, would love that for the for the other two crew would love that for them just let's that's keep. gay rights it that is. would be gay rights that would be you're right like that for pride happy pride for the other two <laughs> i will say in this in these in these episodes we like <laughs> speaking of like relationships and connections we finally get like bell acknowledging again that she's a mother yes and she like her and like i love her and rich i love that like they just can't quit each other because after he gets thrown out on his ass at home, Laura also, like, hits the skids when Martha Plimpton kicks her out of the secret lair. Martha Plimpton and drugs her, first of all. Can we yeah. just, like, 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 Belle, no, no survival skills whatsoever. Don't take the food you didn't prepare yourself from the, from the figure who contacted you via the internet. Yeah. And took satellite photos of you on an impulse without your permission. Like, come on now. Don't eat, don't drink so- if you are in a secondary location that you don't know how to get out of. No, that's 100% true. And so the two of them are back at it again. And they're going they're going farther. Like they said, they go to Ididex, whatever that place yeah. is called. They they uh, they go to all the the only like additional info they get from Martha Plumpton about like who really invented this, who's the money behind everything is they go, they get a tip off, they go to this library at Berkeley, they find this like archive of one of the board members of this company and uh, what is it? Out out what is it? I don't remember his name. It doesn't matter. I don't remember his, his name. His name, like, he's going to be the... It's something, like, Aldous Kessler. Yeah. It's, like, Algis, Algius. I don't remember. He's, I don't he's remember got, his name. He's got, like, early 20th century explorer name. 
Totally, totally. And, and so they go to his like yeah. library, which is basically just like a room no one has changed since he stopped working there in the 1950s. And they find a reel of Discovery 1957. And within that reel, we don't, I don't think we see the, well, we see the Discovery. See it looks discovery. like the, it's the plant. Yeah, it looks like the, yeah, the plant. It looks like the jellyfish plant that they had, were dealing with earlier in the series. But what they see on the tape that really throws them is the scary, like shadowy merc guy like the the bad guy security enforcer guy who c- killed Circo Lee. he's in this video exactly as himself looking entirely preserved from like 1947 so either this guy's been preserved over the course of like 60 years or he's a clone and so and they learn that this guy Kessler like he actually was the first person to clone a sheep all the way back in the 60s. So he's like way ahead of everybody on genomics. And so they discovered that this guy who's been pursuing them and trying to kill them is a clone or a superhuman kind of situation. And that's like our big like information reveal I feel like in yeah. these two episodes. Yeah. And they like well, they that and this guy. That and the terrifying monkey girl. The terrifying monkey girl when they when they're in Idex Rich is attacked yeah, by a a, a, an animal human hybrid that has definitely been the subject of some absolutely terrible genetic splicing and tests. I feel like anytime like I don't even watch horror movies and I do feel like if you walk into a dark space and you hear a small mm. girl crying you leave you leave if you, you hear you if, say if I will small call ch- the proper authorities to help you and I am leaving yeah if there's like if a space has been abandoned and there should not be a small child and you are hearing a small child something is very bad and that small child does not need to be helped like every man for himself at that point I'm sorry it doesn't matter if there is a true small crying child there that kid can figure it out because they have chosen to hide in the scariest possible place and (laughs) I'm not doing it I was cat sitting recently and you know you watch thing in a horror movie where somebody like hears a noise and you're like don't go to the noise don't go find the noise and I like I understand the go to the noise impulse like I do like I will I will gingerly make my way toward the noise yeah to but like I don't ever go all the way and if I, like, if I'm in my apartment, like, if I'm, like, in the living room, on the way to, if the noise is on the other side of the apartment, I go to the knife block first. Yeah. And I, like, I, like, I don't go all the way to the noise, but I grab a weapon halfway to the noise, and I stop and I wait to see if I'm going to hear it again. I stand there for a long time until if, if there was a person hiding, they would have maybe accidentally moved and made another noise. Or if I I have to stand there to my satisfaction that that was a fluke one-off sound, and then I will go back to where I was. I don't go all the way to the noise. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, uh, if I'm if that little girl's calling me, no. I'm going to be at a distance being like, come here, come here. Yeah. And if she's not going to come here, I'm going to be like, I can't help you unless you come to me. I'm going to keep a distance between us to where if that's a giant yeah. ape girl that's going to be a threat to me, I'm going to have a big enough head start to get out of the door and close it behind me before ape girl can catch me and beat me to death. Yeah, versus Jack in the Box springing up from behind a cubicle and fully just landing on top of you, which is what yeah. happens to Rich. Yeah. Um, and as we've seen from Lake Bell after they kidnap Lee, she's not great in a situation where some no, two actually. people are fighting. She no. mostly just stands there. She mostly just when when it is because they lure they lure Lee out the immortal or clone man. They lure him out to a parking garage at his place of business, and Rich like gets the jump on him. He's yeah. like, got a gun to the back of his head, and when the two of them start fighting, I was like, please do not tell me that Rich is going to beat this man up. This man is a trained killer. So yeah. fortunately. Lee does get the better of Rich. I was like, okay, that's believable. But like, while this is happening, this like scrum, like there are points where Lake Bell is fully in this guy's blind spot and she's just standing behind him with her hands on her mouth looking scared. Yeah. And I mean, Lee is hit him with anything on the back of his head right now. Yeah. Lee is is fully just choking out Rich. Like Rich is yeah. going to die, and she He's is gonna die standing there, and could have made. I'm not been... saying that you could physically fight no. him off, but I'm saying there has got to be something that you can strike him with, and be- then run away long enough for Rich to then gain his composure and get back in the fight. But she truly just stands there and watches the entire time until she picks up the gun. Like they finally yeah. wrestle the gun out of each other's hands. She picks up. She's like, "Please don't make me shoot you." If I'm that guy. I'm going straight for her. Oh. I'm be like, there's no fucking way you're pulling that trigger, you mess. Yeah. I mean, the only reason, the only thing that would maybe, like, m- give me a moment of caution is just the fact that it's like, man, she is so 
inept in this situation, she might accidentally true. pull the trigger. She might panic pull that trigger and not even know she just did it. But That's he doesn't true. know she's in a, he's in a television show, so therefore he doesn't know <laughs> yeah. how good her aim is going to inevitably be. Yeah. Because like in real life, she's going to miss in a TV I love show. She, I think she actually miss. hits the the girl gorilla. Yeah. And it's like how there's no fucking way she does not shoot Rich in that situation. Oh, yeah. She's basically blindly pointing a gun at Rich and the gorilla girl and just like shaky hands firing a gun with one arm. Yeah. It's like you just killed Rich and the gorilla girl. That's what you just did like Belle. Oh, yeah. Yeah. He I mean, it was one hand through a half opened door. There yep. is no sense of control. Any recoil None. on that gun is she's fucked. Yeah. It's but, you know, we appreciate that she tries. <laughs> yeah at least she shows up at least she like shows up and grabs the gun you know yeah. like eventually she does grab the gun eventually she does hold lee you know and like rich is able to not die at the hands of lee um but still not not her finest moment not no like there are a lot of but you know a lot of not fine moments for dr scientist lady lake bell i mean yeah getting back to the thing about she finally sees her old roommate by stopping by his school. Yeah. She sees her old roommate. Goes to the elementary school. Finds her old roommate. Yeah. You know. And I like the moment where like at first Jesse just straight up sees her and just doesn't clock who she is. Because she's so. He. She's so not in his life that he. Like. The way you're like. Oh. I kinda, that guy looks familiar. Oh wait. I used to go to college with him. Like that's the way that. Yeah. That dynamic seems to be. I did. I, and then of course. Uh, her ex-husband. Inexplicably. Wow. We. What a fucking night and day turn from the ex-husband. Yeah. Like we go from him getting her biological material that she needs and like DNA samples to fully calling the feds on her. Yeah. And he's like, I'm getting you help so you can stop running and face your problems. It's like, this isn't, she doesn't, she's not an alcoholic. Yeah. Like these people are like, you're never going to see her. Like you have no reason to believe you will ever see her again. If she is put in that van. Yeah. Like, and I'm are not you sure fucking what, kidding me right now? What help he thinks he's getting her by calling yeah, what the help? government? What do you mean help? Yeah. It's not like these are doctors. He didn't call yeah. like to have her. Do you her... think they're going to help her with her research? Yeah. Like what do you fucking mean man? And uh, what's crazy is that this is you know everything like okay fine. We're finally seeing the repercussions to their chase. But the thing that doesn't make sense with it is. We also have finally seen proof that these two aren't fucking crazy. This is the yeah. first evidence. Yeah. We, like they find, they go on the news. They have video footage, and no one is like, "Okay, we did see the video footage. We still think you're." Cra-. They're like, "These delusions have to stop." And it's like well, that was so weird when he was like, "I was with you until I saw your news segment." Yeah, it's like, wait, what? Like they have like the counterpoint scientist coming on and talking about how like this is probably made up. Like, they begin the segment by saying, our video team has confirmed this footage has not been manipulated. Yeah. They lead the segment by saying, this video footage is real. And so it's like, wait, your news segment that, like, largely validated everything she's been saying to you is what made you think she needed, quote unquote, ambiguous help? Like, what the fuck, man? That's just how influential Oberman was at the time. You're so right. You're so right. His snark just completely cut her down to size. Is Keith Oberman the real villain of this whole show? Maybe. I think so. I think that's I think the only explanation. Such a strong case for yeah. this. Yes. It's yeah. It's so you know, rich. And then at the end, Lee lets her go because reasons. I mean, his thing is like it doesn't matter now. It's all out there. And it's like, well, mm-hmm. it was all out there before you kidnapped her. <laughs> So what was this for, really? Um, yeah. But what obviously, like, Lee, the biggest thing for Lee is learning that he was a clone. Which, yeah, like, I'm, st- I, if not for Lee fully having an existential crisis on camera, yeah, I would have been like, he either knows he was a clone or he's not a clone. They're completely wrong. And in fact, mm-hmm. it's something else. It's, you know, he's... Yeah. They seem so certain about the clone thing yeah. when it's like, are, like you're not even going with like, at this point, clone is as believable as like, no, they found the Fountain of Youth and this guy's actually like 109. Yeah, there's no reason to think like, especially since what we've been learning is about like genetic modification and all these things. Totally, like, why, yeah. Why wouldn't it be that they used it to keep Lee super young and hot? Like, why yeah. not? 
there's yeah the clone thing they're really sure about the clone thing without uh, like just I for like TV plot reasons without there being a real firm answer about the <laughs> clone thing yeah 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 I'm trying to remember, I was watching something the other night and I was like oh it's it oh I was watching polite society and oh yeah, that's what I was watching. I was watching a lovely film, delightful film, and so delightful. When like the 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 girl, the main character, like thinks she's figured out that there's a plot, and mm-hmm. she accuses them, and then realize, and then like before she realizes what the actual reveal of the plot is, mm-hmm. and everyone's like, mm, "You seem really confident in that, and you don't actually know what's going on." And in fact, she doesn't. <laughs> yeah. She has yeah, no idea what's doesn't. going on. Yeah. I, it felt very akin to what I thought was going to happen with Lee in the sense of like, mm, you all think you know what's going on and are very convinced of it, but you don't yeah. actually know what's going on. But in fact, it turns out that no, they guessed it in one and Lee had no idea. He was <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> no, I, yeah, I, I love that he didn't know. Yeah. I do like that detail. I do too. I enjoyed that detail. I like that it kind of like leads to an existential crisis. I, you know, don't want to say that in season two we would have gotten a really good existential arc from Lee because I don't know that we could have, but I would have really enjoyed yeah. to see where that went. Um, and I say that without remembering whether or not we get any more answers in episode 15. But okay. episode 15, as we learn, um, we are hurtling toward our season finale because... Yes, the hurtling, absolutely hurtling. Sea monsters have just been like burrowing at the a plate in the Caribbean and yeah. caused an earthquake. Just, you know, yeah. as they do. A goddamn fucking huge earthquake. 9.4. Giant mm-hmm. earthquake that is sending a tsunami barreling toward uh, the Carolina coast. Yep. And I so, love that that's how the mob extracting yeah. Miles from his house gets broken up as a cop firing a shotgun and saying, you guys should listen to this weather warning. And it's like, there's a tele-tsunami coming, coming for the coast. Uh, San Juan has been obliterated. And then everyone's just like, oh, fuck the plan. And, and just runs. Yeah, that's how you break up a mob. I'd always yeah that's how you break up more a reliable natural than, disasters on the way you guys yeah i did i i enjoyed that like the cop yeah was just like listen everyone listen to the radio not like i have an authority as a police officer <laughs> he's like listen to the radio man you'll listen to listen him listen to the radio man yeah so we go barreling into our season finale with a tsunami headed toward the carolina coast i'm assuming and, with like the sea monsters riding on it like the alligators in our logo they better be like yeah. this has to be that they're bringing they're going to bring the animals ashore. Yeah, like they're going to flood the entire world so that they have dominion over everything. <laughs> Even though we've seen that they can exist on land, but like whatever, I don't care. They're mostly aquatic and so yeah. Let's Yeah, bring they move this- pretty they're kind of clunky on land. Yeah, but you know, so were dinosaurs. <laughs> like so we're done big reptiles always look clunky on land it's fine <laughs> but yeah so we've got we've got a true disaster coming our way with the tsunami wow that's exciting we're getting a disaster we're getting an actual an disaster actual disaster and a, a an animal caused disaster so yeah we do get that coming up in our final episode so i'm looking forward to that even if i am sad that we're going to be losing everything else got everything else yeah so I I have to I have to conclude with I did find that quote oh. about uh, Leighton Meester being intimidated yes. in the New York Magazine article and just to close just to close the loop on that uh, this is this is from the article it says lest anyone think after all this dishing that Leighton is our new BFF it must be noted that the actress can easily slip back into her role as the queen of mean. The first uh, the first time we met her at a party at Barney's for Donatella Versace, we nervously approached her and introduced ourselves. At a loss for what to say in the presence of her lateness, we complimented her on her dress and asked her what it was. Versace, she hissed. Duh. <laughs> we learned in that moment that it is indeed possible to both be appalled and in love at the same time. Amazing. <laughs> It is. That's what it is. That is Jessica Pressler and Chris Ravzar, uh, your definitive yeah. Gossip Girl correspondence of the era. Um, and Jessica Pressler, who has gone on to really fucking seed the culture. Jessica Pressler wrote the Hustlers source material. She wrote the uh, Anna Delvey yeah. uh, scammer show source material. 
that so yeah jessica pressler a cultural a cultural icon in her in and of her own right it's a great unbelievable and what a what an, a perfect a perfect little latent moment because yeah it's nothing it's just how like it's beneath her <laughs> that you would ask such a question but she'll answer it but she's gonna make you feel fucking stupid about it yeah, she's gonna make you. She's gonna make you pay for it. You're yeah. gonna feel shitty about the fact that you didn't know this, and because you know what, maybe you should. Yeah, maybe and like that. maybe you should have thought twice before you bothered her with that question. Yeah, I mean, whose fucking birthday party am I at? Yeah, whose birthday party am I at? It's Versace, you simpletons. Amazing. It's impossible to be appalled and in love at the same time. <laughs> Deeply possible. Yeah. <laughs> the story that is, in fact, the story of Savannah. I'm appalled and in love at the same time. Yeah. Yeah. I would absolutely, like, if you're going to talk to Leighton Meester, I feel like you have to think of something better than what are you wearing to start your conversation or you are going to yeah. get that response. <laughs> As we now know. Yeah, that just seems that seems totally reasonable. It's like, I mean, it's the, when I met, uh, the, the most embarrassed I've ever been, I think, was when I met Amanda Bynes at the Kids' Choice Awards. Oh. And my, because I was 12, and so I went up to her, being like this is going to be a great entry is hey I like your name because we have the same name sure yeah a perfect thing for a 12 year old to to, think is a normal thing to to say to another 12 year old and yeah the withering look oh my god that I received from Amanda Bynes when I was like oh she's gonna be like we're gonna be best friends now it's gonna be great this is gonna be how this friendship starts and then she I'm like hey I like your name and she like just stares at me I'm like because I am also named Amanda and she's like "Uh uh-huh and she just walks away. And I was just like, wow. Oh, my God. Ugh. Wow. Decimated. It's just like one of those moments. It like, Fatality. It just, yeah, it, it wasn't even. It's just like there's something in the in the I can't even deign to be disgusted by you of yeah. the Versace duh or the. Yeah. OK. And then turning and walking yeah. away. <laughs> that is just so brutal. So lethal. So deserved. Yeah, that's so, so deserved. Yeah, that's a. Uh, that's 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 cruel and unusual right there. Yeah, I mean again though, deserved. But like <laughs> but also just like man, there's that is that that just decimates you. Beautiful stuff though. Like love yeah, that from beautiful stuff. Love that from the lately. power. But yeah, man, fucking surface. One more to go. One Only to one go. more to go. One more to go. We're almost done. Just until I can get until I can convince NBC to reboot it. Yeah, yeah. You know, my new my new life project. but next week jordan jordan you get a week off you get a vacation because we have our episode with claire willett that is right yes author uh general lovely twitter human claire willett and we will be discussing a very exciting a very exciting a movie title you guys are yeah we are covering lake placid oh that's so fun it's a great placid is so great it was a great one it was a great rewatch um just i mean i'm a i'm a bill pullman stan start to finish oh bill pullman yes i i want to live on whatever earth where bill pullman was a full-on rom- like rom-com lead through the 90s versus just like oh, occasionally being yes. thrown in there i want i want that world yeah so was thrilled enjoyed we had a great time with claire um so that is next week and fabulous yes um but in the meantime jordan where can we find you uh you can find me on twitter at jor crew j-o-r-c-r-u and you can find me weekly as well on the Feeling Scene podcast. We just recently had Mary Heron on. And as she left journalism, uh, culture culture journalism at like 30, late 30s, 37, 38, and made her first movie at 42. And I was like, Mary Heron, you're making me feel very inspired right now by your life choices and your arc. And uh, we talked, as I love to do, about friendship love stories. And she she said that, um, at one point, she said that we lack the sufficient language for love. Yeah. Um, and, and it's, like, various types of, like, loving relationships. And she said it is the, the poverty of our culture. Ooh. And I that is one of the best things I've ever heard. So shout out to Mary Heron. Listen to that episode. Yeah, that's what I got going on. Absolutely love that. Like, love that as a turn of phrase. And it's yeah, the poverty of our culture. Yeah. Ah, you're right, Mary. Beautiful. 
And we only barely talked about American Psycho, which is exactly how much people should be talking to Mary Heron about American Psycho at this point. It's been a really long it's time. It's been guys. such a long time. And like Move on. she did a good job and the conversation yeah, and she's made other things since then. Yeah, and so. the conversation that you're gonna have about American Psycho is not gonna be the most interesting one, probably. So like let's just move no. on from American Psycho. No, the conversation you're gonna have about the moth diaries though, like we did, that's a fucking good one. Okay. Yeah, <laughs> no, I'm sure I am sure your conversation with Mary was fantastic. Yes, it's fantastic. You give good interviews. <laughs> Thank you. And where can we find you, Amanda? I'm Amanda Smith says on Twitter, and I am Amanda Smith on Blue Sky. Um, and then, of course, we're Disaster Girls Pod uh, at gmail.com. We're Disaster mm-hmm. uh, Disaster Girls underscore. I'm having a moment. <laughs> what is what is the podcast Twitter disaster account? underscore pod disaster underscore pod that's what we are man I just could not like it was just one of those moments every so often I'm like I don't remember what any of our socials are I can't even though I'm like the one who runs them all I don't remember what they are um but I want to take a second we got a five-star rating and review oh hey fun yeah. thank you so this is from Vizzle Angel Vizla Angel I misread them yeah Vizla Angel um on Apple Podcasts when I found five stars, best podcast ever. When I found this podcast, I went back and found a movie that I love and have seen a lot. Within the first few minutes listening to it, I was like, I found my people. <laughs> Great. Been watching disaster movies and coming back to listen ever since. The fan casting segments are my favorite. I have gone back and listened to some of my favorites multiple times. Highly recommend this one. Well, wow, thank you. That thank is you. so kind. Yes, thank you for listening. Thank you for taking the time to write. That's super, it's just awesome. It's so nice to get that kind of feedback. Um, so if you haven't already, guys, please take a few seconds, write a five-star rating and review. We love them. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously, we have our merch store, uh, disastergirls.myshopify.com, where you can get all your good Disaster Girls merch. I did have to pull the Disaster Barbie merch, um, because apparently there's this uh, little thing called copyright infringement. Gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. Um, and Printful wouldn't let me do that, despite the fact oh, okay, that, okay. Yeah, we didn't get a cease and desist. It was just a Printful was like, we can't print this. And I was like, what if I throw, yeah. instead of saying Barbie, the eye is a volcano. And they were like, we still can't print that. And I was like, well, that's. Gotcha. That's fair. Hey, we live and we learn. You know, we tried. We tried. Um, Good looking out, Printful. Thanks, Way to Printful, go. Printful for saving me from a long legal battle with Mattel. Totally, Yeah. yeah. Um, still wish I could make that, but you know, it, it looked really good, but there's a lot of other great stuff on the site. Um, I have seen now in real life, our crack or not in real life, but like some photos of our Cracker Barrel has fallen shirts, which all of those, the profits go to, uh, sisters mm-hmm. of perpetual indulgence. Those shirts look awesome. Uh, the disaster pride merch, uh, someone got a disaster ace tank and it looks dope. So, woohoo! You know, I have to get one of those. I have to get one of those. I should have. I should have ordered you one of my last. I just ordered some new merch, and I should have ordered you one of those. Uh, but yes, so we have disaster, all sorts of disaster pride merch. We got lots of good stuff. Um, so check that out, and then we will see y'all back next week for Lake Placid with Claire Willett. Tune in, you guys. See you then. Bye. Bye. <laughs>